Facebook Live podcast, episode number 8, recorded November 22nd, 2011. Welcome to this week's GPL podcast. I am your host, Jupiter, and once again I'm joined by Hammy and Ryan Cardinal. How are you guys this evening? Doing well. Yeah, no complaints. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's to let the people know that we record these podcasts on Tuesday nights around 9.30 p.m., usually a little after that. And If you head over to the GPL podcast page at that time, you can listen to us record the podcast live. That allows us to take your questions uh, via Twitter at GopherPuckLive, or you can still email us the questions at podcast at GopherPuckLive.com. So tune in live if you can. Uh, well, gentlemen, for the second weekend in a row, we have a split. And again, it was a bad performance on Friday with an opposite great performance on Saturday. What gives, Hammy? You know, I, it's funny because I went back and looked at both games today um, just to, to kind of just get a, another look at it. And I actually did not think we played necessarily terribly on Friday. Um, really, when you look at the goals that they scored, I mean, it, for me, it was more some mental mistakes that we had made as much as anything. And, uh, I mean, the first goal, you know, Marshall's passes, a, you know, kind of it's a soft pass behind the net and Alt is skating the opposite direction. And Bukestad's not really back-checking hard enough on Hanowski. And, you know, there's a goal. Um, then you have uh, the second goal. You know, I didn't feel like that was particularly a, a, a bad play, but uh, – I don't know. There was, you know, the third goal with Alt, I thought he should have been, well, I think it was Alt. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I just felt like that rebound going for the net, there wasn't enough discipline. I think there was a bad line change between Bukestad and Howell on that one. And um, that final goal, there was just a total lack of discipline on the, on the PK we had. I think it was um, Parento who was responsible for that backside, uh, you know, where, uh, Fessler had come in and he was skating on the other side of the net and it was just, you know, some bad decisions, but all, all together, I didn't feel like we played that badly. And I was really frustrated by the lack of shooting on by some guys on some of those odd man rushes, particularly Jake Hansen really bothered me. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I guess all in all, I didn't think it was a horrible performance, not like the Wisconsin Friday game where we were just completely out of it, but, uh, Nonetheless, yes, it was a loss, and if it weren't for a late rally, you know, I probably would have looked a lot worse than I think it was. Well, I saw, I thought they, the youth, they looked very young Friday night. I mean, they they weren't playing very smart. They looked, they just looked like looked like they were playing young um, defensively. I mean, not just the defense, but just the defensive scheme. It's just there were just breakdowns that seemed like kind of no brainers, huh, Cardinal? Yeah, and I know Hammy mentioned this during the game on Twitter, and I think I mentioned it too. Just you know, one thing you know, on Friday, and I mean, yeah, there were you know some defensive issues, and but I mean, even the penalties. I mean, I think St. Cloud scored two of their goals in the power play, and you know, three of the penalties were just atrocious. I mean, Ambrose and that two on one, he puts it off the glass, and then he you know hits a guy three or four seconds after he let the puck go, and you know the Nick Larson one is a little bit ticky tack, but as a senior, you don't want him doing things like that, and that put the team down five on three. So I think as much as anything, just some ill advised penalties and. 
Um, you know, you saw them clean that up a little bit on Saturday, and I think the results kind of, you know, bore that out that they're, you know, obviously if you're not taking, you know, dumb stuff behind the play or after the whistle, you know, you're going to have a much better chance of winning. And, you know, like Hammy said too, I mean, that's kind of the same thing that plagued him in the Vermont loss. So, um, you know, kind of a trend, you know, not just specific to the Gophers, but again, if you're taking foolish penalties, it's going to get a lot tougher for you to win the game. You know, that, that the Saturday game was the complete opposite. I mean, we had Patterson get the number six shutout for the year, and that's a record for any Gopher in a season. Uh, Bukestead gets his first uh, career hat trick as a Gopher, and it just seemed like everything was really clicking. Well, I think, you know, and I know that Motsko had mentioned this uh, post game on Saturday, but. I think our speed really started to come to the forefront on that. I think our depth really started to show through. I mean, one thing that we've consistently seen this year is that when it gets to be the third period, particularly in, you know, that Saturday night game, the Gophers, and I don't, I, I think it's a depth thing. They just seem to have their legs more than their opponent. Does. And, and I think what did I tweet on Saturday night that uh, third period and overtime, the Gophers have outscored their opponents 25 to four, so, I mean, there's just a massive difference in how we're performing as compared to, you know, the opponent in the third period. So it, I think that was a big part of it. Uh, we just seem to have our legs. And, uh, you know, St. Cloud, you know, I don't know, maybe they were just happy with the Friday night win. I mean, I, like I said, I didn't feel like we played particularly bad, just made some mental mistakes on Friday. And certainly, like Ryan talked about, you know, we took some really stupid penalties, you know, especially with uh, Nick Larson. I really bothered me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just think that we had our legs and showed our speed and our depth a lot more on Saturday. Any thoughts, Ryan, on the Saturday game? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was a little bit dicey in that, you know, they scored those two quick goals. And then, you know, St. Claude definitely played better in the second period. And, you know, maybe in past years, you see a gopher team up 2 nothing going to the third. And it's a game they've dominated. And you're kind of teetering on that edge. Well, it's like, oh, here we go again. We should have been up, you know, 3 or 4 nothing. It's only 2 nothing. But, um, you know, it's nice to see him get those two quick goals. And, you know, I mean, obviously, Bukes is their best player and just what a difference maker he is now. And, you know, you, it's going to be scary what this kid's going to do over this, you know, the course of this season. I mean, he's still so young and people forget that sometimes. But he's already have 13 goals and, I mean, just dominant on both ends of the ice. And, you know, he might be the best forward they've had since, you know, Vanek maybe. I mean, I don't even know where he's going to stack up come the end of the year. Um, you know, it's a lot tougher to score in college hockey now than it was when, you know, Ryan Patoni was putting up the what 36 goals you know four or five years ago even so um yeah i mean when you have a kid like that on the you know on the ice that can just take over i mean you don't see many kids like that um and certainly st claude doesn't have anyone like that so yeah i mean great to have the bounce back win against uh against the huskies one thing i've noticed is that uh, mr howla has not been on the board as much i mean a couple assists here and there but he's not scoring like he was you guys have any thoughts on that well, I mean, this kind of, for me, goes back to the Friday night game where I, I mentioned, you know, the odd man rushes and passing too much and whatever. And, on you know, on that particular line, to me, Jake Hansen is the shooter. He's the guy who's, I mean, he scored 31 goals in junior hockey, you know, on, that, on his and that one full season he had. Um, he's supposed to be the shooter on that line. Everybody knows that Hall is more of the, you know, the passer and whatever, and so for me, it's like Hanson needs to pull the trigger. Even on his goal on Saturday, you know, it looked like he was almost reluctant to shoot. You know, it was like he was almost looking to pass off, but then he said, oh, I don't have anybody, so I'll shoot the puck. And it just happened to get through Farragher. And so for me, it's like he has to shoot the puck. That's one big thing for me. Um, and I think the other thing is um, maybe there was a little bit of a lull and, and 
maybe having Travis Boyd move up to that uh, winger spot will be, you know, kind of a positive move. I mean, I don't want to say, you know, blame anybody that, you know, for the entire line, but, you know, sometimes just one little move like that can be a positive. But I do think that a big part of it for Howla is he's a passer and he needs guys to shoot the puck and, you know, Hanson needs to shoot the puck. Yeah, and I think, too, with Hella, it's, you know, a lot of his points, I don't have the numbers offhand, but I feel as though that probably maybe half his points this year have come on the power play, and, you know, the first month or, you know, five, six weeks, the power play was just clicking on all cylinders and at 30-some percent, and I think, it, you know, it, you know they got a couple goals, um, you know, on Saturday on the power play, but against North Dakota and Wisconsin, especially, the power play really cooled off, and I think, you know, Hull is kind of that pivot guy that, you know, Kessel and Schrader, you've seen guys before in Lucia's system where they, you know, kind of get the puck on the half wall and either, you know, distribute it to the point or else kind of you know walk it down low in there you know pass it down low and then cut towards the crease so um you know he's a pretty key part in that and you know teams are going to do things to take him away or you know to break down the power play you heard Matsko talk about that too this weekend where now you know there's tape on him and they can kind of figure out what the gophers are trying to do and um you know obviously you know lucci and company they're going to adjust but i think with hollow that's uh you know kind of a key piece as to why his you know productions maybe dipped a little bit now they did go three for ten this weekend on the on the power play so um whatever tape Matsko might have had it didn't didn't entirely work. Well, before we move on to the rest of WCHA, we've got uh, a question via Twitter from GopherRube84, and he asks, what are your guys' revised predictions where the Gophers will finish in the WCHA standings after the start we've had? You guys you guys think uh, a little different on this year now? Uh, well, you know, I think I had them at fourth, and I – you know, I'm, obviously, I would kick them up at probably at least one spot or two spots at a minimum with the way that they've played on the road. I mean, they've had what I think I said seven of their. They're already halfway through their their road schedule for the WCHA. So, I mean, to be in first place by a point and have had most of their league games be on the road, obviously, and we played very well at home, it's a, definitely a positive and. Uh, um, I think part of it for me will depend upon, you know, what does UMD do on the road now? I mean, they've kind of had a, a bit of a soft schedule lately, and um, they've had most of their games at home. So it kind of, to me, it'll depend a little bit on how they handle the road series. Yeah, you know, I think Duluth's got a soft schedule for the entire year. Have you taken a look at their full schedule? I, I did. You know, I know they, they, they don't play a lot of the big teams twice this year. Or, I mean, you know, I should say two weekends. They play a lot of them only once, whereas they play typically the lower teams like uh, Anchorage and Tech and and, uh, Minnesota State four times. So the schedule is very favorable for UMD for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too, is that, you know, with the, you know, rotation now, we've talked about this before, where it's thinned out, you know, so you don't play as many teams twice. I mean, that's a big part of it. And, you know, you look at the Gophers and they get, what, you know, Michigan Tech once, Mankato once, Anchorage once. So, um, you know, you don't want to, you know, kind of make excuses or whatever. But the fact is that, you know, a lot of the you know bottom feeder teams, the Gophers only get to play them once, whereas, you know, Duluth, like Jupe, you just said, they get to play them twice. So, um, you know, I think for the Gophers, you know, a key to things could be those two home series 
coming up against Minnesota State and Michigan Tech, and, and you look at the second half of the year, and there are some tough series in there. I mean, like Hammy said, a lot of the you know games on the road have already been played, but you got to go to North Dakota, to Denver, to Omaha, a game at St. Cloud. So, um, you know, the road series are, you know, tougher than normal. It's not like they're going to Michigan Tech or something like that or in the second half. Um, but I think it's really essential that they get four wins against, you know, Mankato and Michigan Tech. Just, you know, you don't you hope that they don't overlook them. They're going to be coming out this really tough stretch where, you know, a lot of games on the road against rivals. And, um, you know, I'm assuming maybe one or two of those games might be a little bit tougher than normal. But I think if they can get eight points out of those, which, again, there's no gimmies and, you know, Tech's a little bit better this year. Mankato has been better as of late. But I think it's key. If they can get eight points out of that, I mean, winning the league is definitely not out of the equation, but you just hate to drop one of those games right before Christmas when, you know, guys are going to be going to the world juniors and, you know, you just don't know if there's any injuries or what's going to happen. So I think to, you know, head into the holiday break with some, you know, good momentum in league play like that would be just huge for them. I'd just say that for me, I, I, I picked them fourth and now I would say I would be a little surprised. They don't finish in the top three at this point. I would agree. I think to to me, you know, Duluth and CC are probably going to be the two biggest um rivals to the you know league title this year i mean i think that uh, maybe you get denver kicking in here I, you know i think tech's gonna drop back um st cloud i think is gonna be up and down um especially with some of their injuries stuff and the rest of the league you know i don't think is i don't think is terribly impressive so i, I think that it's gonna be you know maybe two or three teams that you can really see challenging the Gophers for the league. And so I still think that, you know, right now they're looking like a top three team to me. Yeah, I would agree. And it's, you know, I think there's a pretty big drop off after, you know, the Gophers, Duluth, CC and Denver. I mean, I don't know, it's not playing out that way right now in the standings, but just once, you know, teams start to get even in terms of number of games played. And I think those are probably the, you know, four best teams in the league. And then I think there's a big group, you know, kind of mixed in there with, you know, obviously North Dakota is not up right now, but you got to think by, you know, the second half, they're at least going to be a home ice type team or in that battle with, you know, Wisconsin and St. Cloud and, you know, Omaha and on down the list. I'm not a believer in North Dakota. No, I mean, I I said this on GPL and I'm sticking with it. I just think that this is not the typical second half surge type of a team. I mean, in the past when they had those surges, I mean, they were a pretty good overall team. They had good depth and and you could kind of count on that they were going to be there because sooner or later that talent's going to shine through. But we look at this year's team. I don't find that top line to be horribly impressive. I think Knight's a solid player, um, but he's not a scary guy, you know, a scary first-line center. I, I think that uh, Brock Nelson's kind of still up and down feeling as well. He's a good shooter, but I don't think he's really the kind of guy that's, you know, going to be creating a lot of offense for others. And um, let's see, who is the uh, – oh, Christo, I mean, he runs hot and cold. So, I mean, I just, and, you know, I don't know if we're going to get Grimaldi back or not, you know, so it, to me. Well, what, he's I'm out, not, he's out another six to eight weeks, isn't he? Yeah. And the other thing with that is that, you know, he's not doing anything for six to eight weeks. So you're going to have to build up your win, your strength, all that kind of stuff. So it's probably going to take him, you know, a minimum, a few more weeks or maybe in a month to kind of get back in the swing of things. So I don't know that you're going to see him at the top of his game anytime soon. So. Well, we, we love to make fun of Grimaldi, but uh, the kid's a talent, and he just he just can't stay healthy right now. Yeah, well, I guess that shot he took off the knee, and I guess there's some kind of what genetic where his his knee didn't fuse into one I don't know one yeah. piece or something the kneecap. I don't know all the details, but uh, you know, it sounds like kind of a fluky thing. It's too bad for him. Well, we have another Twitter question, and I'm probably gonna 
mess up this guy's name, but Eric Ritaco has a question. I know it's early, but gophers and non-gophers, who do you think are the front runners for the Hobie Baker? Ryan? Uh, well, I mean, you obviously have to put, you know, Bugstead in the mix. I know, you know, Patterson is going to be the, something that a lot of people talk about, but we've just seen it over time where it's, you know, it's just such a rare thing where a goalie, you know, distinguishes himself. Now, if Patterson, you know, shutouts are the one thing and, you know, obviously the team's going to, you know, knock on wood, have a pretty decent record. But if he, you know, even threatens the shutout record for, you know, nationally or, you know, gets double digit shutouts or something like that, I mean, he might put himself in the conversation, but, I mean, outside of them, I mean, nationally, you know, I'm not super familiar with guys at this point, but you have to think Jack Connolly is going to be in the mix. I mean, he's, tight, he's 21 points right now, and he's a senior, and he's, you know, kind of one of the good guys. And, you know, with the Hobie Baker committee, they tend to favor the, you know, maybe the guys that have stuck around. And he obviously, you know, with the national title last year, I know that doesn't technically factor in, but, um, you know, to be a key piece on a national championship team, come back for your senior year and be a captain and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the TJ Tynan kid from Notre Dame, I mean, he tore it up as a freshman, and he's got 20 21 points again right now. So um, in Notre Dame, again, they're going to be a team that's you know, going to be in the mix and be awesome when they play the Gophers here in about a month to a uh, good uh, national test for the Gophers to kind of see where they stand. But, um, you know, again, outside of the WCHA, haven't, you know, taken a huge look at things, you know, up to this point. Yeah. I mean, the only guys that I would probably add are Jaden Schwartz. I mean, you can probably figure he's going to be in the mix if, you know, he continues to play well. Um, uh, Anders Lee, you know, former Edina Hornet. I think that you know, he's scoring a lot of goals and you probably have to put him in the mix at some point. He had a good freshman year. So, I mean, um, his name is, has some familiarity. So, I, you know, I, I'm, I wonder, you know, for me, Bukestad's probably going to have to have a, a monster year to get in that final three, simply because I don't know that, you know, he didn't have the, I mean, he had an okay freshman year, not a fantastic year. And you kind of wonder, you know, how does that, the committee look at that. I mean, you have somebody like Connolly, who's been a very good player for Minnesota Duluth for a while. So I think that they do tend to favor those kinds of guys a little bit. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. See how it goes. Well, moving on to the rest of the WCHA this weekend, we had uh, Tech and Anchorage split up in Anchorage. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything really you want to say about that? Two bad That's teams. Pretty, yeah, pretty expected, I think. Um, then we have, uh, well, Bucky Badger just can't win on the road. They get swept at Colorado College. Yeah, I think they're what? I think they're oh five and one on the road now. They haven't won one road game yet. Yep, they're I, winless. Yeah, I didn't. I, don't, I mean, I picked CC to sweep, and it was mainly for that reason. I mean, Wisconsin's just inconsistent. They play, you know, relatively solid at home. But uh, on the road, they just seem like a totally different team. And uh, I think even that one St. Cloud tie that they got, that was sort of a gift from the referees. And so, uh, I don't know, just not looking good on the road. Yeah, and uh, lucky for them, they have uh, no non-conference road series this year. And uh, so kudos to uh, Mike Eves and Barry Melrose for blowing up the uh, my personal favorite weekend in college hockey with the showcase. And they get to host uh, Mercyhurst this weekend. So kudos <laughs> to them on that. They should be able to put up some wins. But yeah, I mean, for Wisconsin, it's, you know, they're five and eight, and you kind of thought this would be a rebuilding year for them, and it's kind of playing out that way. I mean, they're a little inconsistent on the back end, and, you know, they've just had a lot of issues scoring. I mean, they put up some goals against the Sioux and, you know, one game against Omaha, but it's been a struggle, and they only, only scored three goals last weekend out at CC. So it's, uh, like I said, it's playing out to be that uh, rebuilding year out in Madtown. Hey, it wouldn't be so bad if they, were, if they weren't so bad on the road. I mean, they're a good home team. If they were just 500 on the road, it wouldn't be a terrible season for them, but it's 
it's just not looking good for them right now. Uh, let's move on. UNO and Denver. I believe that was a split, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think the, Denver uh, got three points. Oh, Denver got three. You know, I didn't investigate. I just remember somebody was leading at the end, but oh well. Well, you're probably thinking because Omaha was up and they lost on Friday night, but Omaha got up to a three nothing lead on Saturday, but uh, Denver crawled back in it and uh, tied the game up and That's probably uh, managed <laughs> to uh, yeah get the tie. Yeah, I th- honestly, I'm, I'm not surprised by the first game. They Denver won seven three because Omaha's. You know, we've talked about this m- multiple times. Their goaltending and whatever it just hasn't been very good. Um, the fact that they kind of held Denver in the second game is a little bit of a surprise for me. But uh, yeah, I think I picked that series. As a, I don't know if I picked a split or a sweep on it. I can't remember, but I think that I probably favored Denver and it rightfully so when they got three or four. UMD sweeps Minnesota State. Nothing surprised there except for it didn't. Uh... UMD goalie almost scored a goal, didn't he, Cardinal? Yeah, the goalies were the start of the show at uh, Kenny Ryder on Friday. <laughs> Ryder scores right. a goal, and then on uh, Saturday night, backup uh, Aaron Crandall and a uh, blowout win was caught uh, doing the Bernie on the bench, and that video uh, lit Facebook and YouTube on fire on uh, on Sunday. So I guess those are the two uh, big takeaways from that. I mean, yeah, like everyone thought last week that Duluth would kind of blow their doors off, and they put up what twelve goals on the weekend, and they uh, they keep rolling right along. They haven't lost uh, since they played the Gophers way back in October. Uh, what was it thirteenth, fourteenth? They're right in the middle there. So yeah, the Bulldogs are uh, you know as good as advertised. Yeah, only one point behind the Gophers, and like I said, with that softer schedule, well, I think is a softer schedule for the rest of the season. I think the Bulldogs are looking really good, huh, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the key point of their season is probably the next uh you know four series well at least in the league the next three series uh at tech at wisconsin at uh, uno so i mean those are obviously going to be important series they're not going to be back at uh, amsoil till the middle of january so we'll have to see how it goes how they play um on the road now because they've been you know other than that denver series uh, they haven't had any WCHA road series so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they perform if they can continue to you know stay on a high point on the road and finally we have North Dakota splitting at Bemidji last weekend uh looks like North Dakota kind of pulled away uh Saturday night and then Sunday they just couldn't get anything going yeah I mean I it's kind of the same old story with North Dakota. I I talked about it earlier. It's like, where's the offense going to come from? If it it seems like with that team, if it's not coming from that top line with uh, Nelson Knight and Christo, it's not coming at all. And so um, I I don't know how they're going to rectify that anytime soon. Uh, It's certainly going to be an issue that they're going to have to deal with all year. And to me, it puts a lot of pressure on their defense because I mean, Dell's, you know, almost every game he's going to have to be going in there thinking, well, I can't give up more than two goals or we might lose. You know, they're not going to be blowing teams out more more often than not. And defensively, I think they're okay, but they're not, I think, playing up to the standards that we're accustomed to, at least from what I've seen of them this year. We got Ben Blood's a very good defenseman, but the rest, uh, you know, they're kind of nondescript. I know Matson's looking good as a freshman, but. Well, there are times, though, when, you can only do so much defensively if you're doing nothing on the offensive end. So, uh, you know, they may be good on defense, but if they're always playing defense, it's it's tough tough to win. 
Yeah, and you know, I mean, in fairness to that, I mean, the Grimaldi injury is pretty huge. I mean, he was a you know consensus pick to be the you know freshman of the year, and I think a large part of that was the fact that he was going to have ample opportunity because they didn't return. You know, there's so many guys from last year's team that were gone, and he figured to be a key piece for them. Well, you know, some other guys like Rao or whomever that you know Rao's emerged into a key guy for the Gophers, but there was other guys kind of slotted in ahead of him where he might not have the you know chances early on to be on the number one line or whatever but um and then the st Clair, i mean that's another injury that you know he was supposed to be a pretty decent freshman and you know north dakota this year they just weren't a team that could afford a lot of injuries up front and that's kind of what they've been dealt um early in the year but again you know three games under 500 and a pretty uh, pretty tough series in grand forks this week against cc so um you know at some point here they're gonna have to get it going and i'm always one to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt just because their history but um like Hammy said i mean this year if grimaldi doesn't come back or if he's not you know the dynamic guy that you know you so, I mean, he was really good against the Gophers, and then they all of a sudden had two lines that could, you know, threaten. But without him, I mean, they have those three guys up front with Knight and Christo and Nelson. But past that, I mean, nobody has emerged or stepped up. I mean, Mario Lambert is a nice player, but he's not a guy that can score. And, you know, they have some nice pieces up front, but they just don't have anybody that can score. And like you said, Jupe, they're just not getting it from the back end either right now. Well, let's move on to this week with North Dakota. The, uh, one of the few series, uh, WCHA series this weekend is CC's visiting Grand Forks, and uh, it could be trouble for North Dakota. CC's playing pretty well right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I to me, I, this is a tough series to call because um, for some reason I just have the, I maybe I'm incorrect on this, but I felt like CC's generally kind of had a difficult time in Grand Forks over the years, and um, they're definitely, they're clearly the better team this year, um, and, and I think it, you know, but defensively, you know, North Dakota is going to have the last change. So they'll be able to match lines up with that Schwartz line. So you kind of have to figure it, you know, it might be a little bit of a tighter, uh, tighter checking series than maybe you, you would think from a, at least CC that might be held down a little bit more offensively. I don't know. We'll have to see, but um, I guess I'd probably pick that series, um, you know, as a split right now. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm with Hammy. That's kind of whenever I think of CC playing North Dakota up there, it's CC, doesn't usually have a lot of success and maybe that's because they're more of a finesse team in general whereas you know over the years North Dakota has been a you know older physical tougher team to play against and you know we've seen the Gophers kind of struggle against that North Dakota model over the last few years and you know CC is I mean even this year they do have some older kids but they're not you know a gritty team necessarily they're more of the you know built to play on the big ice and use their speed but I mean I think you know for North Dakota they're probably going to play it pretty similar to how they did against the Gophers you know CC's got a really good power play just like Minnesota and you know for the Sioux I mean their penalty kill is okay but you're not going to want to give you know the shorts brothers a million chances on the power play and i'm sure they're going to try to you know bottle them up shut down that top line and that's a lot easier said than done so um yeah i mean north dakota is desperate and whereas cc i mean they've haven't played a ton of games they had the weird schedule at the start of the year but um you know they've been playing well and they sweep wisconsin and they had the loss to denver before that but in general i think cc's kind of lived up to the hype so far so yeah it should be a really interesting series i would again i would assume split but it wouldn't shock me if cc got you know three points out of there uh, on the opposite end of that, uh, Minnesota State hosting Alaska Anchorage. Now, Mankato Ooh. here, <laughs> it's, defi- it's, it's definitely a suitcase college. And uh, from experience being down there, uh, they may be lucky to have a 1,000 people at that game or the games <laughs> this weekend. Uh, <laughs> it could be a snoozer. It could be. Okay, it will I be. <laughs> I mean, I think you're being a little generous there. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a suitcase college, and I think the student section is going to be empty. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, is that uh, 
Anchorage hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire on the road either. You know, I think that uh, they've lost all four of their league games on the road. Uh, granted, they're playing at Omaha and, and UMD, so those are good, you know, relatively good teams that they probably normally are going to lose to. But um, I have to, you know, Minnesota State seems to play all right against kind of some of the bottom feeder teams. They, they of course, give St. Cloud, you know, seems to give them – a lot of a uh, you know challenge, so I, I'd probably say that Minnesota State's going to at a minimum come out of this with two points. I'd probably maybe even lean towards four, but uh, I don't know. I have a hard time picking uh, Mankato to sweep anybody, so maybe I'll stick with the, the split. <laughs> yeah, I mean Anchorage, like Hammy said, I mean they've really struggled on the road, and you look at their you know after their nice start up in Alaska where they you know played in a couple tournaments. I mean you look at the goals scored per game one one zero one zero one three zero. So I mean, they just can't score. That's always been the bit with them. I mean, they're always, you know, tough defensively and, you know, with a lot of older kids, especially on the blue line with some bigger kids. But, yeah, I mean, probably a split. But, again, it wouldn't be surprising with Minnesota State. I know they lost with the Grant kid with an injury. But, in general, they're healthier than they were at the start of the year where they could barely dress enough skaters to play. So, um, yeah, they're at home. And like Jupe said, though, the big home crowd behind them. So we'll uh, maybe go edge of the Mavericks. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll switch mine. I'll sell those sweep. Sweep for Mankato, huh? Yeah, I think, you know, Cardinal talked me into it. So. <laughs> well, there's uh, the rest of our non-conference games this weekend. We've got, uh, I'll kind of go over them real quick. Tech visits St. Lawrence. Mercyhurst is at Wisconsin. And then it looks like Princeton and Miami are playing at Denver. You guys have any thoughts on those games or series or anything? Well, I mean, the game that sticks out there is Miami and Denver, and that's a bit where it's the, you know, it's the Denver Cup, but it's a predetermined deal. It's not like the, you know, Mariucci Classic where the, you know, championship game or whatever is, you know, I don't know how they determine it. I guess whoever wins twice and scores the most goals or whatever. But, you know, Miami-Denver, you know, you have the storyline there with, you know, Blase and Gwazdecki, and, um, you know, those are two of the better teams in the country. And Denver started slow, but they've come on a little bit as of late, and, um, you know, they're probably a team that's going to threaten. And you have to think for, you know, pairwise implications and everything else that, you know, them playing Miami. Miami is a pretty big game nationally, but yeah, I mean, the other games you mentioned shall be, you know, kind of snoozers. You know, Wisconsin gives up Michigan and Michigan State for Mercyhurst. No, no, no. They didn't give up for Mercyhurst. They gave them up for the 7,000 people that'll be at the Kohl Center times oh. $20 a ticket. That's what they gave it up for. Oh, my. That was well I worth it. I don't think anybody's going to accuse Barry Alvarez of being the brightest bulb when it comes to college hockey, so. <laughs> I mean, it's it's sad too, you know. You could have gone just a couple more years, kept it going, and you know they're going big tens after that to, to kill it. Now I think it was a bad idea, but what yeah, can, for me, what can was, we do? And for me, it was like one of the you know, the weekends of the year that I looked forward to the most because you could kind of really, especially against Michigan, you could really gauge you know kind of where you're at nationally because usually Michigan's a pretty good team and um, they're going to be most years probably the top ten or, or fifteen teams and. You kind of say to yourself, well, here's, you know, kind of an early season gauge on how successful we could, you know, possibly be in the long term. And um, to, to not have that anymore, it, it's kind of unfortunate. I definitely that was the one game, one of the few games of the year that I really looked forward to uh, on a consistent basis. So, yeah, it is unfortunate. I, college Hockey Showcase has, has been one of my favorites weekends of the year. You know, what was it, the early 90s they started this up? You know, they used to go to the big arenas at first, uh, you know, at, uh, played at the St. Paul Civic Center and... I think they even played at the Bradley Center, and they went to the big arenas, then they went on campus. And, you know, Michigan State hasn't had uh, great teams, but they've had some pretty decent teams during those years. You know, when 
we're facing Ryan Miller and, and, and whatnot. So I, I think it's, it's really too bad, but, uh, obviously we kind of keep the tradition going this week. You know, we are playing Michigan state this week or this weekend, I should say. And, you know, they'll be coming here next year. I'm not sure when they're coming here next year. I do know that it's, it's not going to be over Thanksgiving. So we'll have to wait and see where, uh, we end up playing them next year, but looking at the overall, you know, the Gophers playing Michigan State this weekend at Michigan State. You know, Michigan State's seven and five overall. Uh, the overall series, Minnesota leads 101, 42, and 11. Uh, both games will be on FS North, and uh, they'll be at 6 p.m. What are you guys' thoughts? Uh, you know, I I can't obviously I haven't watched a hell of a lot of Michigan State hockey this year, so I, I don't want to act like I'm any kind of an expert on them. But just judging from what I've seen statistically, it looks like they're kind of your maybe a you know a slightly a little bit more offensive team than what we've been accustomed to with uh, Michigan State teams. I think when I we all think back to when, when Mason was a coach, it was more of a defensive you know trapping style all the time and. Um, you know, but they're in the top, uh, looks like the top 15 and uh, goal, you know, scoring offense so far this year. And, uh, you know, they're pretty solid defensively. So, uh, you know, it should be a good road test for the Gophers. Uh, you know, I see that they're only about 500 in the CCHA. So, you you know, it's relatively early, so you don't want to read too much into that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, it should be an interesting, uh, it'll be interested to see if, uh, Patterson gets a night off. I kind of heard the rumor that that might happen to get one night off. I, will, I guess we'll see if that actually comes to fruition or not. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily do that because we've talked about it before with the pairwise. You don't want to kind of blow these non-conference games as if they don't mean anything. But uh, I guess we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, I like our chances. One interesting little stat I've noticed in the last 10 meetings, there have been five ties. Minnesota's four, one, and five against them. So we've only lost to Michigan once in the last ten meetings. Man, five ties. That's that's pretty odd, huh, Cardinal? Yeah, I was just uh, I was kind of combing through it, looking through the last few years here, and yeah, most of the games have been pretty tightly contested. I know they uh, kind of took it to us last year, but I know there's been some pretty memorable memorable games. I mean, remember when Vanek had that? Was it the hat trick? To, I think they tied him five five at Mariucci, but Vanek just took over the game. And I remember and he had the, like 15 shots that game. Or something yeah, like that. yeah, they were wearing the gold jerseys, and he was just all over the ice. And he really came out in the third period. And it kind of sucked that we tied, but it was still sweet because Vanek was just unbelievable that night. And I remember, too, the one, I think it was Ryan Miller, the year he won the Hobie where Talixson scored a late goal, and I think we tied him again that year, like 3-3 in East Lansing. Or it was a really tight game, and I remember Talixson scored a big late goal, and you know, it was against Ryan Miller, so everyone kind of freaked out. But you know, Michigan's obviously the bigger, you know, kind of the bigger chip out of those two schools. But again, Michigan State, there have been some really good games, like you said, Craig, and you know, you look at that team this year, and um, you know, they're a little bit older. I was doing the preview bid for GPL, and just kind of looking at the roster, and I think they have three kids under 20, um, a lot of juniors and seniors and um you know i don't know you know they have the new coach this year that in Ostos, i think is how you say it he was the ccha commissioner and he kind of bailed after they uh, calmly was you know quote unquote fired or let go or whatever after last season but um you know usually when calmly was there it was a you know they didn't have a lot of offensive firepower it was more of a you know they usually have good goaltending and it's going to try to win you know the low scoring tight games now i haven't seen them play this year so i don't know exactly if that's uh that model has carried over i'd almost guess no that they might have wanted to go in a different direction you know you see that with coach which is usually if a, a defensive guy gets fired, you're going to bring in more of a guy that likes to run and gun. But, um, you know, you look at their schedule and they, you know, got killed by Boston College in the first game and, you know, got swept at Lake Superior. But Lake Superior is not horrible this year. I mean, they have a 
pretty good record, I think, so far. And they split against Ohio State, who might be the biggest surprise in the country. I mean, they've been really good so far this year. And, um, you know, they swept Robert Morris at home, which whatever you kind of expect that. Um, they went to Western Michigan and swept, which, you know, Western Michigan's been pretty solid the last few years. So, and then most recently they split at Northern Michigan. So, um, yeah, I'd imagine, you know, be probably, you know, maybe one of the games the Gophers will handle them pretty good just because their offense is so good. And, again, they're going to have the advantage in that. But, I mean, I don't think it's going to be easy. I mean, I think at least one of the games is going to be, you know, pretty tight and, you know, fought right down to the end. But, it uh, yeah, it should be a couple uh, entertaining games for sure. Any other thoughts then? I mean. Well, I mean, I think that the, when I look at our schedule, I mean, this might be, you know, outside of the Duluth series, this might be our toughest road series, um, you know. To, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. Still got well, go, to go to North Dakota, and that is no, 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 just, I don't, it's a buzzkill. I mean, up to this point. Oh, up to this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say and, that, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, like you talked about, we'll have about some second-half series, but in terms of what we've played on the road thus far, I, I really think that, um, you know, being on the road at Michigan State might be a pretty good challenge and uh, see where we're at. Another question via Twitter, um, Jilly800, or Gilly, don't know how to pronounce it. How do you expect this young but obviously talented team to respond in the second half of the season? And then he's kind of like, so far, so good. And Ryan. Well, I mean, you know, when you have a young team and you've seen kind of freshmen hit the wall before and, you know, this team is relying heavily on a lot of freshmen and sophomores. So I guess, you know, that's the one concern you might have is, you know, how are they going to, you know, kind of hold up over the course of a longer season than some of these guys are used to. And, um, you know, I mean, the schedule right out of the gate, I mean, yeah, they have the you know holiday tournament, but then they have Notre Dame at home at North Dakota and then home against Colorado College. So, um, you know, they you know hit the ground running here in the second half. And, um, you know, again, their schedule is pretty tough. I mean, the only they have Bemidji and Wisconsin at home. And again, you know, Wisconsin, we'll see where they are at the end of the year. I mean, it's never easy when you play a rival, but, um, you know, that those games don't look as tough as they may have looked if Wisconsin was off to a better start. But outside of those series, I mean, there's a lot of road games and, you know, against some, you know, pretty decent teams. So, you know, the schedule isn't, you know, a cakewalk for them on paper, at least. But, um, you know, the good thing with this team is that, you know, these wins count just as much as ones at the end of the year. And I mean, yeah, you want to be playing your best hockey, you know, in February and March into the postseason. But at the same time, I mean, you got to qualify for it, too. And, you know, we've seen go for teams the last couple of years. I mean, last year, the team played pretty well at the end of the year, aside from the, you know, when they laid an egg against Anchorage. But they were, you know, they went up to Bemidji and were OK. And but, you know, they put themselves in such a hole, they weren't even able to make the tournament. So, um, you know, these wins are great and they're getting themselves in a position where, you know, especially with these, you know, Minnesota State, Michigan Tech home games coming up where they could be, you know, 13 to 14 games above 500 going into the Christmas break. And it'd be kind of a historic collapse if they didn't make the tournament. And, you know, that's all that matters. I think this year, I mean, I've harped on it the whole year. You have the regional at home. I mean, you're going to have all your fans there. And if you can just make it, um, yeah, you want to be playing awesome going into it. But even if, you know, just get there. And when you have Kent Patterson and some big time goal scorers up front, I'll take my chances in any regional weekend, especially when it's, uh, you know, five or six miles from their campus. So that's why they think this weekend is big. I mean, you're playing a non-conference game at their place. It, it could have huge implications for the end of the year. Well, like I talked about a little bit earlier, I mean, that's, you know, that's why I'm a little bit wary of being too experimental on a series like this, because you just don't know at the end what's going to be, that's going to tip the scales and, you know, positively or negatively um, once you get toward the end of the season and you're shuffling through who's going to get what seed and all that kind of good stuff. And, um, so I, I don't like how sometimes coaches seem to take a different 
attitude about um, any of these non-conference series as if, like, you know, you can be more experimental on it. And uh, so I would kind of like to see them avoid that. But getting back to the question that the, uh, the individual had asked about the second half and all that, you know, on paper, like Ryan talked about, it looks like a difficult schedule to some degree. But I will point out, as what we've seen to this point, only two of our, you know, our series on the road are against teams that are in the upper half of the WCHA right now, that being Denver and UNO. I mean, North Dakota's, you know, struggling. We don't know what we're going to see from them. I mean, they'll probably be improved, but nonetheless, you know, there is a distinct talent advantage for the Gophers in that series. So you got to think that we're at least going to come out of points with some points in that series. And then, um, you know, St. Cloud's been up and down, you know, and I thought like, you know, we could have, we played a little bit more intelligently on Friday, you know, it could have been a series sweep for us, but um, so I would say that, you know, we do have, you know, Wisconsin has been terrible on the road, uh, Bemidji state, you know, I mean, there's, that's a series we should sweep. Uh, Colorado college would be a definite challenge, um, but certainly um, we've generally played them pretty well at Mariucci in recent years. So I, I just think that, um, it does look tough from a name perspective, but if you look at some of the other factors, you know, we'll just have to see how it all pans out. But I, I like our chances. So any other thoughts from this weekend? Good to go? Yeah, you know, it's hard to say when you haven't seen a ton of the opponents. Um, yeah, you just yeah. kind of hope that, you know, I would say the one thing you want to hope for is that we've kind of not played our best the last two Fridays, um, and, you know, the opening game of the series. So you kind of hope that maybe they'll – put that uh, trend aside and play well on Friday and uh, hopefully you know, come out with a win on both nights, but especially I'd like to see it on Friday. Any news on the recruiting front, Hammy? Uh, nothing, you know, specific to the Gophers in, in terms of commitments. The only thing that I, I had mentioned uh, to you guys before I had heard earlier today that that uh, Cody to pork, I think that's how you say his last name from, Penticton, he's like playing on a team with like Mario Lucia and, and uh, the Rileys or whatever. He, the Gophers kind of have some interest in him and uh, he's committed to Denver, it looks like. So uh, I think the Gophers might have cooled a little bit on him from what I've heard, mainly because uh, he's another smaller player. The Gophers are kind of, you know, they've got their water bug types filled up in the next, uh, you know, 2013 and beyond. So I think they're going to be looking a little bit more a little more size uh, up front, I would gather. So that might have been a part of the reason why they might have cooled a little bit. But it uh, looks like he's headed off to Denver. But other than that, uh, it's been pretty much, you know, high school hockey season's kicking up this week, and we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm I'm guessing we might hear about, you know, the official news from the U about their signs uh, fairly soon here, won't we? You know, who they're yeah. signing. I mean, I know the, the women's team has done that already. Um, a few other men's teams have done it. So I'm, I'm guessing that you might release this information uh, fairly soon. Yeah, well, you'd have to talk to your buddy down at the U. I think last year... Uh, oh, I don't think it's up to Paul. <laughs> well, I think, uh, well, maybe it's not up to him, but you'd probably have to gauge when that might happen. Because I remember last year, it, I don't even know if they had an early release like they typically do. I thought mm-hmm. that, uh, if I remember correctly, they didn't have one. And then... Uh, our uh, Star Tribune beat writer had to actually, you know, I think call or talk to Lucia about, you know, who they actually had received letters of intent from. So, you know, I guess we'll see if they're going to release. I know that we saw um, Brady Shea, you know, he had announced on Twitter that he had signed his letter of intent. And I believe the Rileys had already, you know, they had done it in the past or whatever. So I, I don't know. I don't We'll have to see if they do have a release or not. 
maybe just being, you know, playing devil's advocate, I wonder if it's, you know, there's not a lot of advantage to getting that, you know, that word out there. I mean, there is for somebody like Rovnak where he wants the, you know, buzz about the team and recruiting, but if you're Lucia and, you know, you worry about guys getting pushed back years and when they sign. So again, I have no idea if that's his train of thought, but I mean, it could be just, you know, let's keep it on the down low who's signing. And, you know, obviously everyone in the hockey community knows, but just so, you know, word doesn't get out that, Hey, this kid signed and then they're pushing him back a year or whatever. I don't know. Just hypothetical. A quick little note, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the, my tweet earlier today, but the women's team is getting a brand new scoreboard with a nice display and all, and it was all thanks to a half-million-dollar one-time donation. Why can't we get that for the men's team? Because we could really use a new scoreboard. Well, I might be wrong on this, but I could have swore that I've read or heard that Maturi was saying that that was one, like one of the next big objectives for Mariucci Arena was to get an upgraded scoreboard. I, I believe they're going to use the money from the you know the preferred seating program starting next year. I mean that was their excuse that you know once that money starts coming in, they'll start you know putting more money into the arena. But I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, I. You know, I don't know, and I'm sure that to some degree, some of the uh, your typical, you know, the money from boosters or whatever might have been tapped out a little bit from the uh, football stadium. Maybe you want to wait a few years. I, you know, who knows? And I, are they still trying to get the baseball thing going? I have, I can't keep up with all that kind of stuff. But uh, I guess if it doesn't exist in the hockey world, I tend not to have the most up to date information on. But I. I don't know. I suppose let's hope that it's going to be something in the near future because it's definitely, you know, something when I, when I'm at the games, it's like, you know, kind of pales compared to what you're used to seeing, you know, at least in a, like an Excel or whatever. Yeah. So, well, it, it is a nice upgrade for Ritter though, because I thought that arena's scoreboard at one end was pretty bad. So it's a nice little addition for them. Uh, obviously we, we had I was tweeting this week, bugging a few people, and there's still no news on those uh, new Gopher jerseys on if the U or Gold Country, anyone's going to try to sell them. We've been trying to bug them, folks, but uh, sounds like Nike's just not one of the the best people to supply the university with, you know, even a decent replica jersey. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Okay, but who does Wisconsin's jerseys then? Apparently, it's Reebok. Ah, okay, so it's a different manufacturer. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, I I try to shame them on Facebook and stuff like that, but, uh, oh, you saw that, it must have. <laughs> well, I yeah, that. The, yeah, the first thing, because I saw it on, you know, I follow Wisconsin on Twitter and whatever, just to keep in the loop, and I seen they were tweeting the pictures of it, and somebody tweeted back at them, hey, where can we get them? And they said, well, they've been on sale for over a week, and so then I posted on GPL, and it's like, well, say what you want about the look of the jersey, but the fact that, fans could buy them before the team even wore them. I think that this one more thing that Wisconsin athletic department or whoever is, again, I don't know if that's exactly the athletic department or the, you know, I know Jupe, you've said that the owner of gold country also owns the Bucky's locker room or whatever. So it's kind of weird why they, you know, maybe it is Nike that's kind of clogging it up because Wisconsin hasn't, I don't think they've ever used Nike for hockey. I know it's been Adidas and now Reebok because those are the same company or whatever. So maybe it is Nike that screws the whole thing up, but just the way that you kind of does things, it just, you know, kind of seems like another, you know, kind of egg on their face moment well i saw i saw a tweet uh this morning uh i I can't remember who it was from but saying that the football team the gopher football team renewed with nike and they'll have new jerseys next year and it it doesn't look good because they'll probably just keep renewing with hockey if they're going to keep renewing with football so it's it's not looking good 
By the way, that Wisconsin jersey is brutal. <laughs> I'm sorry, that thing is freaking. That's fugly, man. That thing is... Hey, but see, here's the thing with Wisconsin: you got to compare it to those uh, pajama jerseys they had about ten years ago with uh, Bucky uh, superimposed on the front. So, if you compare it to that, it's a thing of beauty. But uh, Wisconsin has not set the bar too high for uh, alternate uniforms over the years. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I don't remember ever seeing a really great third uni for that team. So. I think the uh, the ones they wore for the outdoor game. I don't know if it was those ones. I know one year they had one kind of kind of like the wild, or you know, you see a lot of teams do it now with the circular logo in the uh, in the middle, which is kind of a safe route to go. I know CC has their gold ones and kind of like the Florida Panthers blue ones. But yeah, in general, I like their home and away. I like that they haven't deviated too much, and it's a traditional look. But yeah, outside of those, they, uh, the Gophers have done okay this year. I, it's it's weird. I can't remember a college hockey team having four uniforms like the uh, Gophers have done so far this year. But, yeah, uh, I thought that was odd that they you know came out with the golds on uh saturday I'm, four jerseys that's i guess we know where the money's going yeah well, no, four jerseys nobody can get them right <laughs> well yeah, no way well one. you could kind of get them well okay, okay some, some, some of some, the, the crappy nike ones are just bad because the m is completely wrong and uh, you know i can't get to it i'll just get pissed off again well, yeah, that's the thing. If you're going to have four jerseys, you think it would be, oh, so we can sell a bunch of different models of them and make a bunch of money. What's the point of having a third jersey if you can't make money off it? But the U.S. has two third jerseys, and they don't make money off either for, for the most part. So, um, One more thing, too, I know from uh, somewhat of a recruiting thing, but I know Hammy touched on it this week a little bit, but about, uh, I know we've talked about the goaltending of the future, but um, Hammy, didn't uh, Adam Wilcox get traded this week or that's going to happen or something, you said? Yeah, I had heard that kind of rumor last you know you hear rumors once in a while and i uh the the source is a pretty good one for me so i figured that this one probably would come to fruition but uh yeah he got traded from green bay to uh tri city which is uh, kind of a you know step or two down it's kind of like if you were ken patterson getting traded from the gophers to uh you know alaska anchorage essentially you know it's not exactly a step up in terms of team but uh he was splitting time at Green Bay, and so I would imagine um, he'll be the full-time starter at uh, Tri-City. So from that standpoint, it's probably a good move for him because uh, he'll be able to see a lot more uh, pucks and a lot more uh, games. So I think that, you know, considering we're probably going to be leaning on him uh, to some extent, if not, you know, a large extent next year, it's probably a good thing for us that he's uh, actually going to be going somewhere where he'll be playing a lot. All right. Well, I think that's about all we have for. Uh, oh, that's it. I thought we were going to ask Ryan how his St. Cloud night went. Oh, oh well, he had, didn't you have a couple of boombalatis in front of you, but you were pretty much couldn't see the rink very well the whole night, Ryan? Uh, well, you I mean, you know, it's going to be a good night when you come up to the stoplight and you see the student bookstore uh, also offers STD testing. So I knew I was in the right city. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know what? I don't have a lot of complaints. I mean, I knew, you know, Chuck Schwartz, our, uh, Badger friend on Twitter, he, uh, he was pretty grousy about his experience up there, and I figured I'd be probably in the same chair that he was, not the uh, ideal seating, given we're not, you know, we're official, but we're not a newspaper or something, which that was fine. But, um, yeah, you know, the standing thing, the, the real thing at Clompton was, like, tweeting. I like to be very descriptive when I tweet for GPL during the game, so I figure if uh, people are on it, they might not be able to see what's going on. So, but uh, it was a lot of standing and sitting to do that. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, the freshmen were towards the back, so they were a little bit shorter, and I think they were mostly, mostly uh, passed out by the third period. They can't hold their legs. <laughs> <laughs> like the uh, like the lower level ones can. So third period, I got to sit for most of it right until the end when the Gophers uh, almost tied it up. But uh, yeah, Blizzard, the uh, the big mascot, was in front of me a little 
bit. That was uh, that was interesting. But uh, yeah, it's kind of what you'd expect out of something from St. Cloud. So I'll leave it at that. Well, you know, Chuck Schwartz shouldn't be complaining. He actually goes to school there, for God's sake. So, you know, if he wants to blame anybody, we should blame himself. Pick the wrong school. <laughs> hey, I went to Mankato, so I picked, well, the, wrong, I I picked mean, the wrong school you, as well. Yeah, but you like to party, so, I mean, it, it, you can understand that. Yeah, right. Well, you can always follow Hammy at Hammy Hockey on Twitter and uh, – He'll obviously be back with us next week. And Ryan, are you going to be on KFAN this week, shortened week? I will. It'll be a little bit of a condensed deal. Uh, tomorrow, it's on tomorrow, so Wednesday at, I believe, 10-15. So, again, a little bit different. But uh, given the uh, success of the squad, once the uh, second half of the year arrives, they're still riding high and Viking season will be officially over. Um, definitely more time to uh, talk about the club. So, yeah, better things to come on that front, hopefully, once uh, once the Purple season officially and mercifully comes to an end. I was going to say, isn't it officially over already? I mean, in a sense, I guess it is. But... I think it was officially over. Uh, what day did we sign Donovan McNabb? Was it July 27th, 28th? Careful, that's your employer. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are. But I think everyone in that building, including the quarterback himself, would probably admit that uh, that was pretty much the dagger to the season. <laughs> There is your dagger. There's your dagger. Uh, baby time coming soon, too. Isn't it for you, Cardinal? Yeah. we're uh, Tick-tock, tick-tock. Yeah, I think uh, January 8th is the due date, so 40-some days, give or take. Hopefully uh comes before the first year, oh, get that tax break. Boy, but, that uh, Notre Dame game on the 7th, that could be uh, trouble. I know. Uh, well, yeah, and I'm a Flyers fan too, and they have the Winter Classic, so I'm tap dancing around a bunch of uh, big games. But uh, he's a boy, so if he, uh, I've made some pleas to him from the outside to uh, come at the appropriate time. So hopefully uh, it hears. But if his mother has anything to do with it, I'm sure he'll be born right in the middle of the Notre Dame game. So well, we'll, uh, we'll see. If he's gonna be a future Gopher, he's probably gonna want to be right before the, the game starts. You know, the prep for when he actually is suiting up. You got to get used to that. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair too. You know, gotta indoctrinate them young. You know, you can't let them get influenced by anybody else. Oh no, don't worry. <laughs> Speaking of future gophers, you know, I'm on Facebook, and you know, it's always got you know a list of people who who they think should be your friend. And there it was. They think I should be friends with Thomas Vanek, and you know what Thomas Vanek had as a picture? His two little boys, full and you know, twins and golden gopher. Uh, onesies oh you know he's he, maroon he with a, the with you know the maroon onesies with the big m on it i think we got a couple future gophers right there well there's no doubt he's a big booster of the program i mean he i mean we talked about taylor camarada before and being in vanick's uh summer hockey program however I, trust me i'm sure that uh it didn't hurt to have him in our corner as far as landing uh that kid i mean granted he was already a gopher fan but um, I'm sure, you know, having Vanek around and it kind of telling him about his experiences at the U, I'm sure that uh, never hurts for, you know, the situation. So give it another 18 years. We're good to go for recruiting. Well, you know, you, a lot of times you see some of those legacies, you know, end up in the, I mean, we've seen it with Nanny's uh, grandsons and it's not uncommon to see some of those. Uh, Quite a few father son things too. Familiar names. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's not unheard of. Plus, what uh, Grandpa told me, he's got what, a couple of kids, so we could have uh, a lot of legacy players yep. uh, coming down the pipeline right around the same time in, uh, you know, 20 years, give or take. Just a nice little pipeline going there. 
All right. I think we're good for this week. All right. Good show, guys. I want to thank all you people for listening in to us, and uh, I guess we'll see you next time on the Gopher Puck Live podcast. Mm-hmm.